be looking at we're going to be looking at Isaiah 33 verses 5 through 6 today. Isaiah 33 verses 5 through 6. The Lord is exalted for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness and he will be the stability of your times. Abundance of salvation, wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure. Well, Bob Dylan wrote back in 1964, the times they are a-changing, and 1964 has nothing on March of 2020. Uh, There has been a dramatic change uh, in this month, over the last three weeks even, where three weeks ago uh, we would have said we were still having what some has called the, uh, the Trump bump in the stock market. The stock market was going up, 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 up. In the last three or four weeks, the stock market has gone down, 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 down. It's gone from a bump uh, to a thump. And we've had, uh, we've had uh, the, the employment rate uh, had, had gone up, 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 up. And now over the past few weeks, we're seeing uh, as figures come in, uh, unemployment is rising again. Um, of course, three <clears throat> weeks ago, we didn't think anything of shaking hands and hugging people. And now... Uh, We're socially distancing each other. Who would have thought it, uh, even a month ago, the dramatic changes that had taken place? And so as we we think about that, as we gather together here in our group today and and at home where you're viewing this, um, we have encouragement from God's word. We are in uh, unstable times. And yet there is stability for us in unstable times. And we see that in our text today, right? Uh, He will be the stability of your times. Now, this was written by the prophet Isaiah, and you might be thinking, well, that's great. What's the context? Was this kind of a time of prosperity for the nation of Israel? Uh, What's the context? Well, I'll tell you, the context was that Israel was in even more instability than we were, than we are now. Um, This was, the setting of this was, uh, some of you Bible students know about Assyria. Assyria was a kingdom to the north of Judah and Israel. At this point, uh, Judah and Israel, uh, the, the Israelites had been divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom with the capital in Samaria and the southern kingdom, Judah, uh, in Jerusalem, the city of David, called Zion here. And uh, in, in, the, in Assyria uh, took over that whole Fertile Crescent area. Uh, Babylon was under its control. They had even gone for a short period of time and controlled all of Egypt. In 722 B.C., the Assyrians invaded Israel to the north, took Samaria, and deported the Israelites and Israelites to the north are essentially lost to history and absorbed in the nations. And you had this one little area, Judah, and specifically Jerusalem, because Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, uh, marched through Judah and conquered walled city after walled city after walled city, 40-plus walled cities in Judah and and defeated all of them and the only thing left was Jerusalem 
and they, a, a horde of uh, troops were surrounding Jerusalem. And we know this from three different biblical accounts, and we also know this from Assyrian accounts that remain today, where the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, said, I made Hezekiah in Jerusalem like a caged bird. Very, very dire situation. Uh, much upheaval. What's going to happen? So in those unstable times, we find the prophecy here of Isaiah chapter 33, verses 5 through 6. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness, and he will be the stability of your times. Abundance of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge, the fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure. He is the stability of your times. He's the stability for us in unstable times. And if God is your stability, then you have stability. And if God is not your stability, you have no stability. We read here, the Lord is exalted for he dwells on high. Now what that means is that God is on high. He is not associated with his creation. He's not part of his creation. He is removed from his creation because he is the creator. He's the creator and the sustainer of all things. There's not one errant molecule, as one of my professors used to say, that is outside of God's control. He's the creator and sustainer. Now, that wasn't necessarily the view that the Assyrians had. They didn't have that view. They had particular gods, and these gods were all associated with some uh, region or some element of the creation itself, and, um, but not the true God. The true God is exalted on high. The true God is above and beyond all that. We talk about terra firma. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine just yesterday who lives in Utah, and he was saying that he felt the ground shake. There was an earthquake out there, a fairly sizable one, a couple days ago, and the terra firma became terra mushy. The, that which we think is the most stable thing in this world is an illusion. God is the stability of it all. There's stability only because God has made it stable. So we pray, for instance, as we prayed, our Father who art in heaven. Now, I have a father, and he lives several hundred miles from here. In fact, he may even be watching at this moment. I don't know. And he would uh, do anything he could to help me if there was any need, but he can't do much, really. He's hundreds of miles away. He's just a creature and a human being like I am. And so, um, but we have a Father who cares for us in heaven. He is high and exalted, and he is able to meet our needs. And so we go to him and we pray. We pray for for a vaccine to be developed. We pray for medical supplies and tests to increase. And we pray for the health and well-being of our medical professionals and for their expertise. But these things aren't our stability. Whether they happen or don't happen, they are not our stability. We pray to God because God is our stability. And we pray that God would by any means possible in his lavish grace decrease 
and remove the coronavirus. We ask him to do that. But more than that, we pray that he would bless us at this time with a firm faith in himself and in his stability, that we would trust in him. God is always in control. And we find here in our text that he gives gifts to his people. 33 verse 5 of Isaiah, he will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. And verse 6, abundance of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. How will this happen? In the book of Isaiah, it happens because the Messiah comes. Uh, The prophecy of the king that is going to come, the king in the line of David who is going to be the Messiah who will accomplish all of these things and give us all of these good gifts. And we read of the, the very famous passage, prophecy in Isaiah 53, of the Messiah, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus Christ accomplished the righteousness that we could not accomplish, and he was completely just in everything he did. And so the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.30, because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. We place our faith in Jesus to be righteous in his sight and to be just in his sight. And so the fulfillment in part of this prophecy in Isaiah 33 is that Christ is our righteousness. He gives it to us as a gift, even though we are not righteous. He is our stability, our righteousness, our wisdom, and we trust in him. But God also promises Zion that she herself, the people in Zion, would be filled with righteousness and justice. There would come a time, it wasn't at the time of Hezekiah, they weren't particularly righteous and just, but there would be a time when God would do a work in his people such that they would also be righteous and just. There was a promise that the unrighteous ones that were opposing the uh, city of Jerusalem would be defeated, but there was also a promise that those that dwelled within Jerusalem, within Zion, the people of God, would also be just And so we read of this prophecy, you fast forward from uh, 701 B.C. when Sennacherib surrounded Jerusalem uh, to this statement in the New Testament. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels and festal gathering. And so there is a, a Zion, a heavenly Zion, that is a fulfillment of this prophecy that exists even now uh, with those who have uh, passed on in Christ are there in the heavenly heavenly Zion and they've been made completely right and just. Uh, But for us uh, who are in between that and in between the time when Jesus Christ will return from 701 B.C. to the time that Jesus Christ returns, the Bible promises 
that since the time of Christ, that God's outpouring of the Spirit happens in power, and he is actually working these things in us. And part of the prophecy surrounding this, and as the people were surrounded, was God is going to do that work. And even now, as we face instability around us, God is at work in us, and he's even at work through these unstable uh, moments to do his work in us. You know, after the hurricane, I, uh, I paraphrased John Piper, a, a title he has, don't, don't waste your hurricane, uh, don't waste the difficulty and the trial of the hurricane, and, um, and so I would say to you, don't waste your coronavirus, right? He's doing something in it. It doesn't make it easy. Well, far from it, those difficult things are what God will work through as we strip away our confidence in these things that appear to have stability and put our faith in his stability. Uh, Susan and I had, a, had a, a church member over, a friend of ours over for dinner this week, and uh, we were talking, and she just said, I guess, Ron, when you came to First Presbyterian Church, you had no, uh, couldn't imagine that you were going to be leading a church through not only a, a hurricane, uh, but the coronavirus a disaster. And I said, I said yeah, I, I didn't really, of course, didn't, didn't think about that. And I've talked to um, our disaster relief, uh, head of our disaster relief for our denomination one one day on the phone, and he was saying, well, Ron, after this is over, you need to write a book on how to deal with the disaster of the hurricane. And I said, I, there's no script. I don't know what to do. You just put one foot in front of the other, and you trust the Lord. And uh, this person that was eating with us, and she said, well, I guess you're the pastor of disaster. <laughs> and I said, that sounds like a good book title. Uh, I'm not sure I want that on my gravestone, but, uh, um, and as I thought even about my sermon last week, as we, it was a similar topic, it was on uncertainty and having uncertainty in uncertain times, I, I was struck by the fact that one of the things that I have really grappled with personally, and, and I've mentioned it in church and in smaller group gatherings, is I don't like loose ends. I don't do well with loose ends. I got to try to get those things straightened out, and I can, I can get anxious over those things. And as I preached on uh, God is our certainty in uncertain times, uncertainty is loose ends. And so uh, God has been working in me uh, through these disasters to trust him in uncertainty and trust him with the loose ends. And so my question is, what is God doing in your life and in your heart? How is he teaching you? What is he working such that you're going to be filled with more justice and righteousness at the end of this. Well, I know one of the things he's doing, and one of the things he's teaching all of us, we find it in the text in Isaiah 33, 6. The fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure. He is teaching all of us to fear him. Now again, this passage talks about fear, and sometimes that's misunderstood. We don't have a uh, a cringing fear before God. There is um, no fear of judgment for those who are in Christ Jesus. We come boldly before God's throne of grace. We know that we are forgiven. We know that we're accepted. We know that we're perfect in his sight. But at the same time, we hold God, God's word, God's decrees, God's promises, God himself to be that which is the most important 
influence and person and being in our life. And so we give him our utmost attention more than anybody else. We live in awe before God and we fear him. Now it's possible to translate Isaiah 33, 6, the fear of the Lord is his, uh, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. It's a, it's just a pronoun, his treasure. So the translators have grappled with is this Zion's treasure, is the people of God's treasure, or is it the Lord's treasure? And it can be translated either way. But what's clear is the fear of the Lord is something that is treasured by God. Either he himself has this as a treasure, as his people fear him, he treasures them in the fear of the Lord, or the fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure, that that we, his people, would treasure the fear of the Lord, that we would treasure more than anything uh, being in awe of God. You've got the the famous um, reference in Amazing Grace. It was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. Uh, So we're taught to fear God by his amazing grace, and as a result, those, those things around us that we would put our hope in uh, are things that might make us fearful. And those fears are relieved as more and more we trust in our gracious, gracious God and fear him above us all. It's the greatest gift we could have in times of instability. You know, Jesus Christ, our Messiah, was prophesied to be in the fear of the Lord. We read that in Isaiah chapter eleven three, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what he sees, what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear. We see that Christ in his human nature feared the Lord, and so there's nothing, uh, there's no cringing about it. It's part and parcel of what it means to be righteous. And Christ is the only one that feared the Lord perfectly. And yet, his spirit is one that he fears the Lord. And we read of Jesus Christ, again, prophesied in Isaiah 11:2, And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. That is said to be the spirit of Messiah. And Jesus promised to send his Holy Spirit to us, the spirit of the Lord, And so we, his people, are enabled to also fear him just as our Savior, just as our Messiah did it perfectly. We imperfectly, but are growing in the fear of the Lord. So Christ has sent his spirit to dwell in your heart. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ and be encouraged that he is working in these unstable times to convince you of his stability as you fear the Lord and grow in that perception. Well, God kept his word uh, to the people of Jerusalem. You see, um, they were surrounded, and we not only have this passage in Isaiah, but we have another prophecy. Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah, and uh, King Hezekiah was obviously uh, concerned, and God said to King Hezekiah through Isaiah, paraphrasing, don't worry about it. The people that you fear are going to be gone. Now, that would have seemed unbelievable at the time as they're completely surrounded by
by armies as far as the eye can see, how is God going to do it? Just believe me and watch. Remember what I said last week? God essentially said to King Hezekiah, just believe me and watch what I'm going to do. And that's what Hezekiah did. He feared the Lord. He trusted in the Lord. And the Bible records that an angel of the Lord came one night and put to death thousands and thousands in the Assyrian camp. And the, the survivors woke up, saw all the dead bodies, tucked their tail between their legs, and they went back to Assyria. God answered his prayer. God answered his promise to, to save them. And so we know that God is going to keep his word to save us completely from all of our enemies and all of his enemies when Jesus Christ returns. Ultimately, the last enemy to be destroyed will be death. We look forward to be residents, being residents of a heavenly city uh, that cannot be shaken, the Bible says. And in these times, as we look forward to that, God is our stability in times that are still unstable. In 1948, uh, C.S. Lewis wrote, just after uh, World War II, in the, in the time where people were particularly um, concerned about the threat of uh, the atomic bomb and nuclear warfare. It was on their minds. And he said this, if we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, let that bomb when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may uh, break our bodies, but they need not dominate our minds. And so I would encourage you not to huddle around your TV like sheep, uh, watching lots and lots of cable news. Uh, don't, ignore, don't ignore advice from, uh, from good sources, uh, but don't fix on it either, fixate it on it either. You know, our social media uh, is a great, um, a great tool at this time to connect with people. Uh, but again, be careful. Uh, monitor your own social media input. Uh, why? So that you might put your focus on the fear of the Lord and trusting in him as your savior. And so let us carry on uh, with our lives and do sensible things like praying, uh, like uh, reading our Bibles, worshiping the Lord, uh, working. Some of us are going to be working remotely. Teaching, some of us will be teaching remotely, uh, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis. The younger, healthier ones among us uh, will help the more susceptible with practical acts of God's love. Uh, we can call our friends, we can call our family, we can have fellowship with our church members in this way and encourage them. So keep in mind the words of Jesus Christ. John 16, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. And Jesus said in Luke 12, 32, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And so, yes, we're going to go through lots of difficulties now in the immediate weeks, but uh, throughout our lives. And yet, uh, we call out to him, our rock, our savior, uh, for salvation. We call out for salvation in the here and now, and he hears us. But we believe that whatever might befall us, 
that we trust in the Lord's promises and that there is ultimate stability now and forever in our God. That's stability in unstable times because God is our stability. And with that, we're going to sing to our God. Donald is going to come forward and uh, we will sing the song. What song are we going to sing, Donald? In Christ Alone. In Christ Alone.